Hello, and welcome to the Six Months to Six Figures series of the Double Your Freelancing podcast. I'm your host, Zach Swinehart, and I'm here with Brad today. The theme today is burnout and exhaustion. So this should be a pretty fun episode. Um, every couple weeks or week, uh, Brad and I meet, and this series basically follows his journey going from early stages freelancing to hopefully hitting a six-figure income within six months. And that comes out to $8,333 a month. Uh, so basically, we meet up, coach him, see how quickly we can get him there. If you are listening to this and you want some coaching like this for yourself, it very closely follows the format of coaching we do in the Accelerator community. So if you want to learn more about that, you can do that at dyf.link forward slash community. So, Brad, burnout, exhaustion. Do you want me to even ask about how last week's goals went? Like, do you want me to open that way or should we open talking about the burnout and exhaustion? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, that's been part of it. I've been really stressed that I I just knew I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. Like, I knew early, but the last couple of days I'm stressed because I I couldn't even get close to the goals. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, yeah. So I'm struggling to even like, to honestly, like a couple of days this week, I was struggling to even like think like mm. I just, I couldn't even do anything. So do you know where th that's coming from? Like, do you know what the root cause of this stuff is? Um, well, last, the last couple of weeks I started waking up a lot earlier so that I could add a few hours in the morning because I find it's, it is generally easier for me to get to work earlier um and that worked really well for about a week but then this week was the second week of that and i started to really hit some physical limits of mm. like trying to push myself in waking up early and so then i would be tired like all day and a lot of my job right now is to like get on a camera and be enthusiastic and try to build relationships with people and um as opposed to like podcasting where that gives me energy outreach, there is no one else talking to me, you know, mm. like I don't have any feedback. So it's like just me. I just have to bring the enthusiasm and that has been really hard for me. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I was physically exhausted this week and emotionally. And So uh, question, because I, I mean, like I can 100% relate to this, by the way, uh, when I notice for me, it's it's often like a chicken and egg thing. Sometimes I'm say uh, it's hard for me to suss out like, am I sleeping poorly because I'm depressed, or am I depressed because I'm sleeping poorly? But yeah. gosh, they go so hand in hand for me. And I'm I've been I think I mentioned to you I'm wondering if I have bipolar. And as this has been developing more as I've gotten older, I feel like it's it's so massive. Like if I get one night of poor sleep my next day is like absolutely awful, like worst day of my life level of awful. Um, and when I say bad night of sleep, like I never sleep well. So this is like, I usually aim for nine hours, what I would call in bed, but most people call sleep. So like nine hours with my eyes closed laying in my bed because I have pretty low sleep efficiency. I have like an aura ring that always gives me shitty scores. Um, but But yeah, like the reason I'm saying all this is that if you are getting up earlier without going to sleep equally earlier, that seems like not a good idea. So if you're getting up three hours earlier last week 
and the week before, were you also going to sleep three hours earlier or were you just only getting up? Th- yeah. Okay. Can't do that. Yeah. Cause I can't, it's yeah. like, I, you, you probably know this, the, the struggles with sleep. Like I would go to bed earlier cause I was tired, but my brain would just not shut off. And so I would, yeah, I'm go I'm getting to sleep at the same time I always do, but I'm waking up three or four hours earlier, which felt okay. awesome for a week. And then the next week it was like hellish. Yeah. Yeah. I struggle with the same thing actually. Um, I don't know if it's like an ADHD thing or what, um, or like a total work thing, but yeah, this is, this is actually my big sleep struggle is what often happens for me. My ideal sleep schedule is usually 1130 PM to 830 AM. That's what I typically target. Uh, but what keeps happening, this is, it's my biggest sleep issue that I want to try to conquer is I'll go to sleep at 1130 AM, uh, PM, but then I'll wake up at like six and my, my brain will be rolling and it's really fucking hard to get back to sleep. And then it's just kind of, it's just so infuriating. Cause I'm like, dude, body, just go back to bed. If you could just sleep until I want you to, we'd be fine. Uh, I have some prescription sleeping pills that are like un poquito sleeping pill. They're not like proper ambient or something. They're like, um, what is it? Uh, hydroxyzine, which is like, uh, uh, antihistamine. So it's like a really strong NyQuil kind of thing. And that kind of helps, but you're not supposed to take antihistamines every day. So anyway, I, I don't want to go down this little sleep route, but I would say that in my experience, robbing sleep for the sake of more work time is always a bad idea and never, ever worth it, ever. Mm. Like maybe, maybe if you have a deadline, right? Like mm. if you have something, like I once had to stay up until 3 a.m. making a sales page because card opened the next day for a client but barring something like that it's never worth it uh and my own experience is that like i'm doing a lot of out of my comfort zone work you are too and i think that the thing that damages my resilience more than anything else is poor sleep like uh Mm. we're doing this community launch right now or community promotion and it has 100 percent flopped like the offer sucked, mm. I raised the price, wasn't very appealing. Literally not a single person out of 24,000 email people has bought. Uh, and so my, my sleep the night of card open was atrocious because I just, I've never like lost sleep due to stress really that I could think of until, until that. And my next day as a consequence of just getting a few hours of sleep because I just couldn't, couldn't sleep was like, I've been listening to American authors lately. You know that song where it's like the best day of my life. It was the worst day of my life. Oh man. Um. So so yeah. I mean, like, I could talk your ear off about this, but I would ask you if the priority was not how can I get more hours in the day, and the priority was instead how can I get the best sleep possible. What's the the sleep schedule that you know works, or what's the thing you got to do that you know works, like? I have like blue light blocking glasses or like a wind down routine. I've noticed if I, with music production and work, if I work past like 8 p.m. or if I produce music past 8 p.m., I have a really hard time winding my brain down and not having all the ideas because it, mm. it's just too present. So like what things for you, if if anything, do you know you could do to like really get sleep if nothing else mattered? I do think that being a bit proactive for me on the wake up time is good. Like pushing myself a little bit more than my no alarm time. Um, 
I slept without an, or I woke up without an alarm for like five years. So my no alarm time is usually about 930, but I'm not really happy with that for my current work. Like I don't want to wake up at 930 necessarily. So I think like eight o'clock or 830 is, would be good. Um, so I'm fine with that. I'm fine with pushing a little bit. I just push too far, I think. But um, one is definitely avoiding caffeine after noon for sure and a, and a certain amount of caffeine. If I, if I miss that boat, if I accidentally drink it too late or too much, the night's screwed and then the next couple of days are screwed. So I have to I have to be careful about that, which I am. Uh, I think one thing... Um, is just getting out and walking for a while every day, you know, getting outside and getting a little bit of exercise. Um, that definitely helps. So I've heard, and heard then, uh, sunlight in the morning, like directly in your eyes outside is supposed to be really good. Yeah. I have not been doing that. I have a friend of mine, uh, Farron that you met when we were in Columbia. He, he's really big into health, like hacking stuff. And he, he wakes up every day and like greets the sun and just like sits and stares at the sun. (laughs) I think that sounds nice, but, but you have to wake up at five or six or whatever. Um, yeah. And there, there are definitely parts of waking up that early. I I really enjoyed last week and then a week before, but as far as it throws this variable into my energy really. So yeah, to get good sleep, I think going for a walk for, for a significant amount of time, like maybe an, at least an hour a day for me, um, waking up as early as I can comfortably avoiding caffeine after 12 and in a certain degree. And then I do take melatonin right now. And that helps a lot. That helps me like actually cross the finish line of getting to sleep, which is a struggle typically for me. One note though, is that I believe you're not meant to take melatonin daily. Yeah. Otherwise you won't be able to fall asleep without it. But I guess yeah, when it's your only it's, option. Yeah. It's good. For the the mornings out in the sun, like you can find ways to um make that feel more quote productive. Something I've enjoyed doing is mm. taking a walk with an audiobook on headphones and I bring my iPad and like I actually take notes while I listen to the book. Because usually when I listen to an audiobook, I don't really ingest anything, don't really retain anything, um, which is fine sometimes. Other things I've done is uh, I like to, for any podcast interview I do, especially with the full-time creator one, it's a little bit less relevant with DYF, but I like to go into my interviews like knowing a bit about my guests. So I will, if I, I'll look at what interview I have coming up and I'll just listen to interviews they've done so I kind of know more about them and I'll write down ideas for questions I want to ask them. You might do similar things like if you have a certain if you have a few people you want to reach out to to turn into affiliates, maybe you listen to some of their podcast episodes on your walk because now suddenly you have a hyper relevant thing you can comment on in your outreach. So you like kind of got yourself a free win with that hmm. time. I bet you could find some stuff like that. That would be nice. I like that. That's really good. Yeah. Morning walk. Uh, something I've been I'm in Michigan, so greeting the sun is a little optimistic, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially as we go into the winter. But um, one other tip there is that for the podcast thing, I've been doing this for the the short video chops. It's especially nice for that. Uh, I will pull an episode into Otter, load the Otter app on my phone, and then in Otter you can comment on a 
passage of text, like specifically leave a comment on a chunk of text uh, to easily find it later if you're making a note of what to talk about for outreach or whatever. Yeah, that's a really good idea. But I didn't mean to take us down this this hole. I guess I'll ask the typical thing, which is, what do you want to leave today with? So I can make sure I'm talking about the right stuff. Well, I have updated um, some more on my my path that I think I want to kind of like upload into your algorithm and see, you know, again, kind of next steps. I Because overall, like even though I was really tired, I was able to make some steps of like working on my business, I guess. Um, and I am so like sure that this is the right move. I'm just, I'm just loving. I love it. Even though I haven't had a ton of energy. So I joined a group, um, for affiliate manager training and stuff. And I started going through the training and he said that it's like a really fair rate for this job typically is like 4k a month per client. And I've, I start, I was browsing around. I haven't had the energy to create outreach videos on Upwork, but I've been looking at Upwork jobs and I'm like, man, I can just crush these. Like if I, I sent a couple, I tried sending a couple without looms, which typically gets no response and so far has gotten no response. But even so I'm like, I am so, so qualified for these jobs. Like, and I don't see a lot of competition. A lot of the reason that I got into the YouTube SEO thing on Upwork was simply because it was the first thing I found that wasn't just completely, you know, super competitive. And so it was easier for me to get some of those jobs. But with this affiliate stuff, I I think I'm like incredibly qualified and I just think I can win so many of these. And like I was thinking for our goal of getting to six figures, like that's only three clients and I'm almost there already. I'm, I'm not almost there, but my first client, his, uh, the like available hours on Upwork right now is 3K a month. So I think after I start getting some results of getting affiliates and stuff for him, I think I could easily negotiate 4K as a flat fee so he can relax about the line item and, uh, and I can get that more st- stable and get off the hourly plan. Um, cause the hourly stuff just, I really, it just, it sucks. It sucks for me mentally. Um, but I want to do a great job and everything. So anyways, I, I just see that like, that is a very clear plan to me. It's like, I just need to get three and then we'll, we'll get to our six figure goal. Actually, even two will be close. And so I, I just wanted to see what you thought about that. I really like that. And, I, and I'm, you know, joining that group and stuff. I'm like, oh man, this is, it doesn't feel as like trailblazing as my short video thing because short videos was all new to me, but this feels so good. It's like, this is, this is the space that, well, my friend reminded me last night of this, this story called Acres of Diamonds where uh, the best telling of it is Earl Nightingale. And uh, it's about like some farmer who was obsessed with finding diamonds and uh, ended up selling his land so that he could go diamond looking for diamonds. And then the person who bought the land looked on the land and it was filled with diamonds. And it was like, 
you were already there. So it's like this lesson of like, you can create what you want within where you already are. Like, and, and this affiliate manager marketing thing is just like, it's so perfect. Um, so, yeah, I think so too. And I think that with ADHD, the novelty always has a lot of allure. Um, but I think auditing your current assets and asking how you can make them work for you is always the most efficient route. I mean, I've been experiencing this myself. Like I'm doing this little video agency and this content agency, and I have been spending so much time just figuring out the processes and also figuring out what even makes a good video and learning all the the gotchas, like posting something. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, the thumbnail looks dumb when it's cropped to square. Or now I've got, I built this really complicated Zapier automation to automatically drop things in buffer. Uh, but then buffer can't like add thumbnails. So now I need to figure out how to get the first frame of the video to show a still image for like a half second so that that's what shows, you know, like all these little things that if I were doing a productized service offering in web design, something I've been been doing forever and ever and ever, like I wouldn't run into that stuff because I just, I know the process back to front. And that's what this affiliate thing is for you. So I think that sounds great. When we were chatting last week, we were talking about your your process of basically doing an email launch for people. I wanted to have you thinking about what the KPIs would have to be for a client to have a really good guarantee and thinking about productized service bonus stacking in this affiliate management space. Did you think about any of those things or not really? No, I just, I knew I wasn't going to feel up to like the outreach part of it. So my brain just like ditched the whole thing. It was like, you're not going to be able to make an enthusiastic outreach when. So the, yeah. the getting my take on your path, uh, yeah. have you told me that already or have you, are you yet to tell me that? Like, is the path just what you just said or is it something else? I don't know. I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't know why hearing the the 4K thing made sense to me. It was like, oh. I think the the launch thing, I just feel like it's a lot of pressure right now for me. Like I feel like I don't know if I can do that. I it felt all right when I said it last week and I, and then the and then I just felt like that's a lot of pressure to be like I can do this for you and I know what to do and cuz like I theoretically do but I don't. Uh, but isn't that why you offer it pro bono first or at a discount first? Or offer it in a way where they literally don't pay if you suck and fail? Yeah. And if you, yeah. like, I don't want to push you into it if you don't want to do it. I just, I know from the hiring side that if someone sends me a message and they say, hey, I've got some experience in this, but I, I mean, I don't have, like, you have a lot of experience in this, you have your YouTube channel as an authority establishing asset, but you don't have a lot of like, from what I understand, you don't have any testimonials. You could maybe get one from your current client, but it wouldn't be results-based. And then you said you couldn't get testimonials from your past clients. So do you have a route to getting any affiliate manager testimonials right now? Just keep working for my existing client. But no like past projects you could hit up to get, get. Okay. So with that said, if you say, hey, I promise I'm experienced. Take my word for it. I don't have any testimonials, but I promise I'm experienced and I, I charge 4k a month. Would you like to hire me? 
it's just not really like a super, it's not a no brainer. You know, if you, if you pitched me on that, I'd be like, okay, well, this dude seems like he knows what he's talking about. Uh, and I'm, it seems like he could probably do it, but he's 4k a month. This other person applying on Upwork is not, and they have done it before. So why should I choose Brad? Assuming that other people are applying for four, less than 4k a month. I don't yeah. know what the norm is, um, but I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like not ready for this yet. Like the, okay. the big the big deal, like, you know, like I don't have testimonials. Like it's, you know, I, I felt a lot of like imposter syndrome this week reading your emails because I was like, oh yeah, the ideal customer for this program is somebody who's already making six figures and wants to like, like I came into this group as a complete like newbie and I feel like when you know like the first couple of calls I got on I was like holy cow these people are like the lowest person that I heard is making like ten thousand dollars a month or something I'm like I don't have these things I don't have like you know 10 years of experience in my field I don't have clients I don't have testimonials and it's like those are like the table stakes for a lot of this stuff it seems I wouldn't or say that and I I'm just beating I, myself up <laughs> yeah I think you are um, yeah, and I have been redefining the avatar because I've been reflecting on how how much value you've been getting out of this, and I think saying that somebody doesn't get a great ROI unless they're experienced, I think that that's it's wrong. I, as the owner of the community, have an inclination to have people with some experience in here because I've noticed that people who are just starting, oftentimes, like they they just are not like super committed. They're a little bit more wishy-washy, but that obviously hasn't been the case with you. And certainly it is not the case that like everyone except you in the community is making 10 grand a month. There are a lot of people who are in a pretty similar income space as you or earlier mm -hmm. along the path. Um, so like that, that is a reflection of my crappy marketing. And frankly, it's probably part of the reason no one's bought <laughs> because mm. probably people read that and they say, oh, I'm not ready for that or I'm not good enough for that or whatever. Uh, so that aside, I would say that this whole performance-based thing, like it is going to be scary because it it kind of tests like, okay, do I actually know what I'm doing? And mm. having a fixed rate for something feels safer because even if you don't know what you're doing, you still get paid. But here's the thing. If you charge someone $4,000 a month and you do not get them results, they're not going to keep paying you. So at the end of the day, even though it feels safer to charge a flat rate, it's it's not because you mm -hmm. need to be getting your clients an ROI in order for them to want to pay you. So to me, if you need to do that either way, like I've been running into this myself, right? So I've got this thing I'm playing with, this whole social media stacking service. And I'm, I have someone signed on as a beta client who's a really big podcaster. And he also teaches other podcasters how to be podcasters and is a consultant for it and stuff. So if I nail this service for him, where I like take the podcast episode and stack it into social media, then obviously it's a really nice boon for me because he could promote my shit. Um, his interest, though, is predicated upon this social media stuff, like actually driving leads to his email list, and that's like that's scary for me to get behind because, like, I have, I don't know, I don't know if that's going to happen. Mm. I don't know if if any of this shit's going to work, uh, but that fear is like me essentially saying, I don't know if this service is actually worth it. And so when I zoom out and look at that and I say, okay, well, let's suppose it's not. Do you really want to be doing a service for people that isn't worth it? 
No, no, I don't. So for me, even though it is scary, I'm happy to to do this for him. And and even though I know that his him as a beta client, the thing he's looking for is an actual lead gen KPI that I don't know if I can provide. Um, even though that's scary, like it's still fine because if we can provide that, then that's dope. Obviously, the many asterisks here are like, who knows how long that takes? I feel like this with social media, you have to be consistent and build traction. And maybe that takes six months or a year or something. I don't know. And the longer it takes to get that result, if it's something that requires consistency, the more risk you have as the provider if you're waiting for something that might happen 12 months down the line before you even maybe get paid. Uh, but that wasn't the case with your thing. Your thing was like you said, 10 to 20 hours for the whole process. So that was why. I have the numbers in front of me. You said 10 to 20 hours for the whole process if you could get affiliates from the email list or 180 hours if you have to like hustle up um, like you are for this client. And that was why it's, it just stuck out to me that the easy the easy way for you to do this is to not do that 180 hours route and to do that 10 to 20 hours route. And if it doesn't work, no worries. Just do it again for somebody else. You could you could fail nine times out of 10 and you'd still come out ahead in terms of your time. Um, but, but yeah, like I don't want to force you to do something you don't want to do. I think everyone is at different stages and stuff and it could be that you charge by the hour or whatever until you get some results and then you productize. Like I think the nature of creating a productized service is that you do have to test it at first to know what it is actually worth to people. And if you're charging a flat fee or you're charging by the hour, then it's just kind of dependent on their own values. So like, let's use the um, social media stacking thing again. So let's say I do this experiment. Let's say I did it even for a whole year and it still didn't really do a great job driving leads. Then it would be not viable ever for me to have a performance-based pricing structure. And I would instead rely on finding clients who are already posting on social media. So they already value social media, even if it's not technically providing a traceable ROI. They still value it for whatever personal reason they have. And then I just say like, hey, I can do this for you and take it off your plate. So the value delivery isn't this thing is going to generate enough leads to pay my fees. It's just my fees are worth the time I save you. And that's still a win-win, but it's not something that I could back with a really sexy guarantee. Whereas your service, sounds like you kind of could and that it would be relatively low risk, but of course it comes with imposter syndrome and stuff. But, but to me, this is the whole fun of like finding a friend and just being like, yo, I would like to do this for you. I don't know if it's going to work. Can I just test it out on you? Mm. And if it does work, can you pay me a percentage of your revenue? To me, that's, it's, mm. it's comfortable to do that. And you could do that alongside charging by the hour because it's only a 10 to 20 hour commitment for the whole thing. It's not like an all or nothing deal here. Yeah, I guess the launch thing, in my experience, launches mean, you've done a lot of launches, it means a big expulsion of energy. Like, <clears throat> it's excitement, you know? It's like, you gotta have all the emails together. And ha and I just haven't done one in a couple of years. And um, the outreach stuff, yeah, the 180 hours, I guess, seems easier for me to commit to right now because it's like you work in like small doses and you it's like a pipeline that that builds over time and it's defined you know you've you've like walked that path before so you kind of know what goes into it this other one you it'd be blazing a new trail 
but it's it's to check it's to apply the the principle of a quick win as part of your offer right like that's what box that launch thing checks in my service is my in my productized service is like that's the way you get a quick win in this field in the affiliate manager field would be to do a contest or a launch or something and get some sort of surge of activity um which yeah and and then yeah the other thing is my my network too i just kept thinking like i don't really know that many like people who have big businesses that are even at the stage where they want to grow with affiliates like <clears throat> my friend that i was thinking of last week it's possible but she's not you know running like i kind of feel like man i don't know i just i just feel like everything got reset <laughs> and i'm like i don't know i don't know i i know that this is very possible and it's and there's so much opportunity here for me but i just don't know who to talk to uh, well, that was why I was wanting you to lay out what those KPIs would be. So I can rehash that if you like. Like basically, I was challenging you to say, suppose you wanted to do this launch affiliate launch process for people, and you wanted to have a really strong guarantee or performance based pricing, where you get paid a certain amount of revenue, or you don't get paid unless you generate a certain amount of affiliates, or you don't get paid unless the affiliates generate sales. Whatever the things were. Uh, what would be the conditions that would need to be met? How big would the email list be? How what, how much would their lifetime value have to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that as you think about what would exactly qualify somebody as a good customer for you, you'll probably have some more ideas of who, who it could be. I mean, mm. if if you are doing it just to test the process the first time, it's not even so important that you earn your typical hourly rate. So like if you were eventually like let's say you're trying to get your effective hourly rate at 50 bucks an hour, which is what you get paid right now. And it takes up to 20 hours. That means that you need to make sure that you get paid at least $1000 for this as a flat rate. And so let's say that you have some deal in place where they don't pay you anything unless you generate at least 3 affiliates. And if you do generate three affiliates, they pay you a thousand bucks or 500 bucks, maybe, or whatever you wanted to say. And if you generate over six affiliates, they pay you $2,000 or whatever. Um, doing this process, even if you did it for somebody with a tiny, tiny email list, you would still be able to validate the court. Like to me, at every stage of business, there's that whole thing of what's important now. And for me in my own experimental productized service offerings and this one you and I are talking about, the thing that is most important now isn't making money. It's validating that this thing is even good and that this this theory even works. Mm. Uh, like I'm validating, does chopping up a podcast into shorts and blasting those on all platforms and not even interacting on those platforms, is that viable? Everyone who's into social media says no, but I'm not trying to maximize these platforms. I'm just trying like 80-20, get some traction. Is it worth the time? I don't know. I have to try it. Similarly, like you think 10 to 20 hours, you could do this process. You should be able to get a certain amount of affiliates. You might have guesses. You might say what percentage of their list you could turn into affiliates. And you might have guesses about what percentage of those affiliates will actually do something. And then you do it and you learn 
where you were right and where you were wrong and how that affects the viability. And then that refines your idea of who a target customer is. I mean, you were last night on that interview with Josh, right? Yeah. I would think that anyone who he does his cold outreach for would be a perfectly viable person to do this for. And he mentioned that he found a bunch of people on Product Hunt who met his like client criteria that he reached out to. So I bet you, if you want a Product Hunt, you'd find a bunch of people who you could run an affiliate launch for. And regarding the stress of launch, I, in order to avoid launch stress with the launch I manage for my clients, like I have um, one client who I manage launches for, and I made a rule with this last one because I'm so busy with DYF and I'm so busy with this new agency. I made the rule that was like, yo, if you want me to work with you here, we have to have every single fucking email scheduled, signed off on, and like hands off uh, by XYZ specific date so that we're no longer like drafting an email and finalizing it on the day it goes out. And with that rule in place, uh, it was a it was totally a low stress launch, you know, like everything just it was already scheduled. Mm-hmm. I did all my work, it was done weeks in advance, nothing to worry about. I just had to like on launch day, I had my little SOP. I had like an hour's worth of tasks to go manually do, but it was easy. And so similarly, if you're doing this pro bono, the person knows it's an experimental process. They know you're figuring out the glitches. The way that you make this low stress is you just, you don't, you don't announce anything until everything's planned and written mm. and ready to go. And then you say, okay, I've got the process planned. I've got everything mapped out. So now let's look at when we want to schedule this stuff for versus committing to some deadline in advance and uh, being really, really stressed. I think that would be the, the mistake. Okay. But if you, if you need to build your confidence by doing this hustling thing more, by all means, do it. Uh, I just think it sounds like, it sounds like you're onto something really cool with this like mini launch thing. And if you think of this commodity to consultant spectrum, like the fact that you're in a training course that's saying charge $4,000 a month as a flat rate to do this thing, like that's the commodity thing that everyone's doing. And if you have this really cool productized service that's a special thing that's rooted in your specific experience versus something that's prescribed in courses, that to me seems like the really nice secret sauce that is going to like create an just a, such an easy freaking sell uh, once you know who exactly is a good fit for it. Yeah. So. I guess my question Maybe, would be like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we're at 36 minutes. So, okay. Um, Maybe the next step would be to, I do have two people specifically now we've gone through this. One I just talked to last night and he was, I told him, he's he's how I found the, the course that I was in, but he's wanting to activate more affiliates. So I can call him like, this week and just say like, Hey, can you run through this with me? Like this, this is what I want to do. Um, could I do it for your business? What would it look like for you? Like, I think in my head, the assignment last week, which now that I'm, that you say the, the actual assignment, it wasn't exactly this, but in my head, it was like, find the ideal clients, reach out to them and close them on this thing and then do it. But it's like, the first step is really just like, I just need to talk to a few people and see, like, work through this. Like, my friend last night literally was, like, frustrated because he has all the, the this list of affiliates and nobody promotes his offer. And, and, he, and it's a high-ticket offer. It's, like, a couple thousand dollars. So I'll just ask him first. I have another friend who has lower-ticket stuff, but 
you know, I'll just say like, Hey, can I talk to you for a while about this? And like, I just worked through it, I guess. The stumbling block was that, that I thought I had to have it all perfect, but that's not what you said. And that's not how things work. You know, like I need to yeah. talk to some people and I have two people who are like really good friends, have lists, and I don't know what the deal will look like, but like they'd probably be open to something with me. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. Before you even do that, like the, the homework last week wasn't even that far. Yeah. Uh, so I think we need to get you like writing the homework down verbatim or something. Cause the only homework last week was literally just think of who your ideal customer profile is. Think of what things they need to have in their business in order for you to be able to do this for them and get good results. That was it. And then I had something down that was like, think about productized service bonus, bonus stacking. I don't remember anymore what that was about, but I think it was like talking about the other things you could do for them. So to me, the goal for the week you can talk to your friends if you want. I know you like bouncing ideas, but if it were me, I would say if I were assigning this to like Zach, if Zach was sitting there in the exact shoes as you, I would say, Zach, for this week, again, think about those client KPIs and also spend like three hours total doing some journaling and planning to say what, if I want to do this launch thing and activate affiliates, that's my goal. What is my hypothetical list of steps that I would need to do to do that? So I would say like, okay, well, I would need to send, I would need to talk to them about blank and get XYZ metric. Then I would need to write an email, probably collaboratively with them that says blank. And then we need another email, another email, another email. I need to set up the affiliate program. So I just kind of like scope it out. Uh, and then I would talk to people because then you go on those meetings and you say, hey, I'm thinking mm -hmm. of doing this specific thing. What do you think about it? Versus like going on the meeting unprepared and kind of relying on them to help you determine what the service is. It's just a little bit of a different vibe. But um, but we are different people. And I get a lot of value out of journaling and planning something out. If you're not really that way and, and you would rather discover it with a friend, then by all means do it that way. Kind of to you. But yeah, for me, the goal for right now is just think about what you want to do and what goes into it. So if you write that down, number one, think about what you want to do and what goes into it. And then number two, think about what the person you do it for, like what attributes they need to have, whether it's list size, revenue, course price, LTV, whatever, what attributes they need to have in order for you to be very sure or like, you know, as confident as you'll be amidst your imposter syndrome that you could be successful. Like what, what would someone have to have for you to know for a fact you'd be successful? Like surely if someone had a list of, I don't know, 100,000 people and 70% of them engaged within the last couple of weeks, like, Maybe that you'd feel like, yeah, there's no way I could fail even if I suck. Uh, so thinking about like, think about that. Like I just, you can look at the DYF conditional guarantee. I just made one today for like a six month conditional guarantee where if you join the accelerator for six months, oh, this is good marketing that I'm talking about it on this recording. If you join the accelerator for six months and you do thing, 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 and you don't feel like you've gotten a transformation in your business or an ROI, you get all your money back. But obviously, I can't just say if you join and you don't, you didn't like it, because then that's nothing. So instead, it's like you have to come to at least two office hours a month. You have to do your goals in the community at least three weeks a month. Like, what are the things that if someone does these things, there's mm. no way that they mm. wouldn't have the results. So that's what I want you to think about, um, because then you can be sure that you don't get what you perceive to be failing results as a consequence of doing them for the wrong people. Like if you ran this for somebody with a hmm. list of 20 people 
you would think that your process sucks because you didn't get any affiliate sales when actually maybe it was fine and you just didn't do it for the right person. Um, so those are the two assignments that I would think make sense. How do you feel about those? Yeah, I've, I just need to slow down a bit with this. Yeah. Like, I feel like I found my path, like we've iterated through a dozen different things. And I really feel like this is the next step, but I need to like slow down a bit. Like yeah. we've been going so hard and so fast. It's been crazy. Like, yeah. You, and you've helped me like every step of the way to just kind of stay, keep iterating, keep trying. And and this one, I just feel like emotionally or whatever, like I just need to like slow down a bit. And I like the journaling thing, like journal. Okay. Just this is take an afternoon, three hours, be like, let's just think through this. Like, let's yeah. just make some hypotheticals, some, some step-by-step kind of plans, but yeah, not like, so, you know, fevered. Like that's yeah, almost exactly. like what's happening is like, I actually am kind of like getting some stability here and I am not used to that. It's been yeah. six months of just gutting it out. And yeah. And I've been having that myself and something that I have enjoyed is if I have a day where my energy is low and I just don't feel like I've got the brain for planning out the SOPs and mapping out the habit. Like, like that just sounds so fucking hard and I just want a goddamn break. Then I don't try to force myself to do it. I, I have a plethora of tasks waiting for my attention. So maybe I just take a day to do something easier. Like maybe I take a day to do some dev work. Dev work for me, like it's like solace because it's just like, it's not easy, right? You have to, but it is, it is easy. It uses my brain and stuff, and it's not like I do it for fun. But uh, you know if you did it right. Like, you push the code, you test it, did it work? No? Okay, then you write some different code. It's not like this whole thing where, like, scoping something out. Like, you don't know if it if it works. It's You're hypothesizing, and you're pushing yourself, and it's out of your comfort zone. So keep that in mind, too. It, if something feels too energetically difficult, maybe take a minute to audit why. Say what aspect of this is hard. Are there any aspects of it that I do feel up for today? Maybe I don't feel up for talking to a friend about the service offering. Do I feel up for doing a little bit of research? Do I feel up for like just doing a brain dump? No? Okay. Well, do I feel up for doing some outreach for that client in the easy old style? Do I feel up for talking to ChatGPT about it? Do I feel just like I want to do some video editing? Whatever. Um, maybe, Maybe that would be helpful for you too. Because I agree, like... If you're pushing all the time and you're always out of your comfort zone, that is how you burn out because that's like redlining, you know, and you can redline for a few minutes, but if hundred percent of your time is spent in that zone, it's, it's going to be too much because then you're going to just assume this is how it always is and that that's not something you would want. And then you'll want to stop. So I think finding the right balance is good. So okay. can you read me off what you have written down so that I can ensure there's no doubt about what it is? Number one is think about what I want to do as the service. And number two is think about attributes that potential clients would need to be successful. I would expand number one to say, think about what I want to do as the service, comma, and what steps slash things go into it. And maybe parentheses in detail. All right, well, then I suppose I'll do the little sign off. All right. Yep. Well, dear listener, if you enjoyed this, we always appreciate a like, a subscribe, a good review. 
helps us know that you're enjoying this. We keep making more of it. Although to be fair, we're not going to stop making it. It's not, not like I'm going to ditch Brad if I don't get good reviews, but still should probably do it. Uh, and as a reminder, if you enjoyed this and you want coaching like this and that six month guarantee, uh, you can join the DYF Accelerator. Uh, you can learn more at dyf.link forward slash community. And if you want to follow Brad as he goes on this journey, you can find him on all of the social medias at the Nomad Brad. Do you have like a website or is it just social media right now? So what's your the website? TheNomadBrad.com. The Nomad Brad or just only Nomad Brad? TheNomadBrad.com. Okay. So you can find him literally everywhere, including website, The Nomad Brad. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, Brad, I'll hit stop. We won't disconnect. And uh, you, the listener, thanks so much for being here. See you next week.